I tell you, everyone is looking for the next winning product. And because it needs a visual explanation, I'm sharing new hot products with in-depth analysis on YouTube. Go to Tech Money Talks on YouTube. However, here's the problem most people have in dropshipping. You need to be willing to test at least 10 products to find success. And each product you're testing, you need to be willing to risk up to $250 in ads to find out if it even sells. That means you would have to risk up to $2,500 in ads with the hopes to find something that sells. Now, what if I could wave a magic wand and remove all the cost of ads and it allows you to test 10 new products? Wouldn't that be amazing? Would you test more products if it was for free? I've been working hard for the past few months and I did just that. And I'm giving it away dirt cheap to the podcast listeners only. I want you to go to dropposting.com go. Dropposting.com go. Be sure to add the slash go to there because that's where you're going to get this dirt cheap. Go there and find out more information. Hey guys, we're halfway through the month of December and I want to give you a quick heads up. I'm putting together a year in review of the Tech Money Talks podcast. It's a video, it's a collage that's coming out and it's just really awesome. So I want to drop a note for all you podcast listeners that have been supportive of Tech Money Talks. Be sure to go check it out on YouTube youtube.com slash tech money talks you're going to find it there it's going to come out towards the end of the year be sure to check it out all right guys Tech Money Talks. I am really excited today because we have a highly requested guest on the podcast. We are fortunate to have Noah Tucker as a special guest on the show. And for those of us in e-com, you should know who Noah is because he has been on the scene for the past couple of years, becoming a seven-figure million-dollar producer in dropshipping, and his journey is so inspiring. If you don't know who he is, then you're missing out big time because Noah has made big connections in e-com and is becoming a digital marketing expert and a major influencer in this space. Noah continues to raise the bar and he's been keeping it real. This brother has been keeping it real the whole time. If you're interested in starting an online business to make extra money, you better save this episode in your back pocket and listen to it over and over again because the stories and the tips you're going to learn here will give you the opportunity to quickly launch your own business to help your wallet grow fat. Noah's been absolutely killing it in e-commerce and has helped hundreds of other people to successfully do the same. He's been a keynote speaker at major e-com events. Earlier this year, speaking at Social X in Florida, sharing the stage with other e-com killers. I just realized that the way things are playing out this year, it's actually going to be the finale the Tech Money Talks podcast feature guest of 2019. So I think this is going to be the finale episode in 2019. And I hope we live up to the task and I'm sure it's going to be really great. So time is money and everyone's looking to get a piece of Noah's time. And I'm so happy to have him on the show today. Noah, thanks for joining us, man. How's it going? It's going great, man. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited. Awesome, man. How did I do on the intro? Is that okay? That was, that was flawless. You might have stuttered once, but I won't tell you. <laughs> we'll edit that part out. We'll edit that part Perfect. out. Perfect. <laughs> no, no, really great stuff, man. Yeah, really really glad to have you on the show and, and excited about this. Yeah, that's the way it's playing out. So, I mean, we're, we're coming towards the end of 2019. So, so hopefully, you could talk about that reflection, what's happened over the course of this year. But I'd like to take a step back just so that you can share your journey with the audience and they can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been dropshipping for about two and a half years exactly now. Um, so back then, things were super different. Like there wasn't this whole online community of like gurus and everything. There was, it was mostly on Twitter, but it's very, very different now. So basically... Back then, it was the summer after I graduated high school, so I was about to go into my freshman year in uh, college at the University of Miami. And to make some extra money over the summer, I was working on a fishing boat. Super long shift. It was like 13 hours under the hot sun. I'd be untangling lines and like dealing with fish slime and stuff all day, and it was just a messy job, but I was making decent money, so I liked it. Um, But anyway, these two buddies of mine were visiting me that summer from Ohio, and they had these online websites where they were selling bikinis and making like $200 a day about just by promoting the products on Instagram and stuff. And I was like, whoa, this is sick. Like I've always wanted to start my own business. Like if you guys teach me how to do this, I would be I, like, I promise I will make the most of it. And like, I won't disappoint and I won't waste your guys time. 
So they're like, all right, cool. So long story short, these guys helped me set up a quick store and they didn't know anything about Facebook ads, anything about any sort of paid traffic. They were literally just building up Instagram accounts and promoting it through their own Instagram. And that's how they were making just like a couple hundred bucks in sales a day from these bikinis. Yeah. So basically what my summer turned into was I I started by making the store. I created an Instagram account for it. And then my summer consisted literally every single day I would wake up. I would follow people on this Instagram account until Instagram would block me from doing so. I would unfollow people on the Instagram account until Instagram blocked me from doing so. And then I would message people to become ambassadors until Instagram blocked me from sending, uh, sending messages. Then I would set a timer until Insta- I knew Instagram would unblock me from doing those three actions. And then I would repeat. So I literally did that every single day over the summer. I like barely even hung out with friends that summer. I was just nonstop on Instagram because I didn't even know about bots or anything that could be doing this stuff for me. So I was using my own two thumbs to follow and unfollow people nonstop just to build up an Instagram and, and to get ambassadors for my store. And wow. yeah, so it was a lot of work and I would post three times a day and two stories a day, every single day, no matter what. So it was super consistent. So because I was so consistent and always on Instagram, the Instagram actually ended up growing a lot. I think I, by the end of the summer, I had like six, 7,000 followers who were all super active and engaged um, and a huge team of ambassadors too. And I think that whole summer I ended up making maybe like $3,000, but it was mostly profit because I didn't have any real expenses besides the cost of goods. Cause I wasn't running any paid traffic or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I was already super intrigued by this whole dropshipping thing. I didn't really know much about it. I didn't really know the potential in it, but I already had a store running. Um, and then I got to college, university of Miami and during orientation week, um, there's a kid on my floor. His name is William. And he came up to me and he said, Hey, I saw in your Instagram bio that you have a drop shipping store. I've done some drop shipping too. We <laughs> should, we should link up and like talk about it. And I was like, really absolutely. Cool. I didn't know I was ever going to meet anyone else that does this. So like, let's definitely talk about this. Wow. So William and I sat down and he was, I was explaining to him what I've done on Instagram. And then he started telling me about a method he was doing on Twitter that I never heard of. And he told me that he's made as much as a thousand dollars in a day using this Twitter method. And at the time, the most I'd made in a day was like, $150-$200. So I was like, okay, like if I could do $1000 in a day, like I'm going to be the richest kid alive. Like let's, <laughs> let's get this going. Yeah. So basically he was teaching me about this method um called which is like using Twitter ad spots where you basically just pay these people who own a ton of Twitter accounts to retweet your tweets and just get a ton of impressions to your tweets and use that to drive traffic to your store. So basically I was super excited and I tried that method with the bikini store and I spent wow. like $300 which was a huge risk at the time. Um, and, but I got a ton of Twitter impressions from what I was spending, but unfortunately I only got like three or four sales from the whole thing. So I ended up losing like $250 and I was like super, super hurt about it. I was like, damn, this method didn't work. Like I just lost a ton of money and I was like, all right, I'm done with Twitter. I'm going back to just Instagram. (laughs) And that's, that's what I know works for sure. So for the next like two, three months, I was back on Instagram doing the same stuff as before, just building up that account. And then one day I was, you know, just like studying or just like just chilling in my dorm room and I got an ad for a free watch and I was like, Hmm, this is interesting. Ah, nice. So I clicked, I, <laughs> I remember this very vividly. I clicked on the ad and I was scrolling through the store and I noticed that every single product on the store was free. And I was like, okay, this is very interesting. I think I see where this is going. Then I added to the product to my cart and noticed that it charged me shipping at checkout. And I already knew all these watches were on AliExpress for like a third of what the shipping cost was. And I was like, this makes a lot of sense. But then I realized, I like looked into it a little further and I realized these watch ads, these free watch ads were all over Instagram, all over Facebook, but there were none on Twitter. And I was like, okay, if this is working super well on Facebook and Instagram and nobody knows about Twitter, except for like me and William and like a smaller community, I'm going to try these free watches on Twitter and see if that can kind of like just work basically. So that night, I stayed up all night, banged out a watch store, just like made everything free. It was a super simple store. Um, nothing complicated, nothing crazy. Just like a ton of watches on there. Everything was free. I set up like <clears throat> shipping prices and whatever. And then I hit up the Twitter guy again and I was like, all right, let's, let's give this another try. Like I, I believe this can really work. And I think I spent like a hundred dollars on ad on Twitter ads that day. And I made back like $800 in sales. And I was like, okay, now this is, this is something with a lot of potential. Killer. <laughs> this is something with a lot of potential. So the next day 
I spent $200 on Twitter ads and made back something like 1300 or something like that. And I was like, okay, this is, this is what I've been looking for my whole time. So now <laughs> that whole month, I just kept on running Twitter ads as much as I could buy like $40 and set a month and maybe like $10,000 profit. But for a freshman at the university of Miami, I was bawling. I, I thought I was on top of the world. I was going out buying everybody drinks, you know, just like being, oh, wow. being that guy who's just like, yeah. didn't care about spending. I wouldn't ask anyone to split anything with me. I just thought I was on top of the world because I made like $10,000. <laughs> um, and it actually got to the point where my bank account went negative because I spent all of my money and my parents had to like give me a hundred bucks to get me back on my feet. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I need to be a little more responsible with my money from now on. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I learned something that worked. Um, and after one month of running that store, it kind of just like died out. Like the it wasn't converting as well, but I was like, okay, like I, I'm on to something here. Like I need to, I need to learn more, but I'm on something. Wow. So basically I kind of just chilled for a little bit after that. I was still running the original store, but like, I knew that there was way more potential out there. I knew that like, there was just so much more to learn. And this is when I started hearing about Facebook ads and stuff like that. So Christmas was right around the corner. So this is like exactly two years ago at this point, Christmas was coming up and I asked my parents for Christmas for a consulting call with an e-com guru who most people haven't even heard of. His name is Teo Vanyo. But you, you have to remember that this is two years ago before there was this whole community of Instagram gurus trying to shove courses down your throat. Like this is before any of that existed. So I had to okay, personally okay. go onto YouTube, dig around for people who teach Facebook ads. I found this guy, I watched his videos. I was like, I like this guy, I found his website and he did a 30 minute consulting call for $200. And that's usually around <laughs> the budget my parents are willing to spend on a Christmas gift. So I was like, listen, this is all I want for Christmas, this consulting call. That's awesome. So that's, so that's what they got me. And then a week after Christmas, I got on a call with this guy and I explained to him my experience that I've had with Twitter and, you know, the watches and whatever. And he taught me a Facebook ad strategy on, the, on that call. And I didn't even realize it at the time, but it was exactly what I needed to learn. And it was exactly what would help take my next door to the next level. So I made another, I made another store and I tried his method and that store also did really well. And it did like maybe $50,000 its first month. And again, I didn't know too much about the ad. So like it, I couldn't sustain it much longer than a month or two, but regardless, I had some money again. And now I knew that like I could repeat this process. I knew that it wasn't a one-time thing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, from there, I just started networking with people. I would get on the phone with people all the time. I would tell them about my Twitter strategy. They would teach me about, you know, something Facebook ad related um, but nobody ever knew the Twitter strategy. So I was able to teach a ton of different people that, and in return, they would always give me some value. And so I would be learning new things from all these calls I'd be getting on um, with all these different people. And in exchange, I'd be teaching them the Twitter method because no one seemed to know that except for me. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward two years, that kid, William, who I was telling you about is my roommate and my business partner. And we, and you know, we run everything together now. And yeah, like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Things just like have really blown up since then. Man, that's really awesome. Yeah, and that's a great story. And that's great that you guys are still partners to this day uh, yep. because it's similar with other people. Like, I mean, like, you know, Justin Wall and uh, Sean Mike Kelly. I mean, a lot of those that, you know, when they tell their story starting, you know, out of college, uh, which is just really awesome. And I appreciate you sharing your your journey here. I mean, you, you touched on a lot of great points here. One of the first things, so to take a step back when you referred to, and this is for the newbies, so like, uh, when you refer to Instagram ambassadors, yeah. uh, you're basically saying like influencer marketing. So I was wondering if you could maybe not even. So basically, not even that. Yeah. Okay. So basically, I didn't have any money back then, and I didn't even know about paid traffic. So like, even if I, uh -huh. even if I, it's not like I knew about it, but just couldn't afford it. Like I just didn't know that was a thing. So like, uh -huh. how I would get most of my sales is I would literally message, like with I would literally just copy and paste the same message. Um, to a bunch of girls who I saw were following similar uh, online bikini brands and whatever. And I'd be like, hey, I love your page. Like, I'd love for you to be an ambassador for us. And basically, if they were interested to be an ambassador, I would give them a 30% off discount code that they could use for themselves and then a 15% uh -huh. code for them to share to their friends and, and followers. Really cool. <laughs> so basically, most of my revenue came from those ambassadors that I would just message and give these discount codes to and they would, you know, get a pretty good deal on whatever they were ordering and I would still be profiting off of it because our margins yeah. were pretty good. Wow, really good technique and a way to get started, you know, without having to put the money up front, which right, is cool. Yeah. And and I like the way that you touched on the the Twitter method and yes. and that you stuck with it to perfect it. And I would say 
even up to this point and the way you described it, and maybe we could touch a little further uh, because uh, no one up to this point that's been a featured guest on the podcast has talked about the Twitter method and, and yeah. the way that, that you're using it, uh, which is which is really awesome. So I was wondering if you could maybe, you know, kind of help help explain that for the audience. Definitely. So basically, so it, I, I'm going to start it off by saying the Twitter method is not the same as it was two years ago when I was doing it. It still works and people still do it. And it's still a good way to get traffic. Like, like no one wants to just rely on just Facebook for traffic. So it's a good way to kind of diversify where your traffic's coming from. Um, but it's definitely not the same as it used to be because Twitter has been cracking down on it since it's technically not using Twitter. <laughs> it's not using Twitter's advertising platform to get traffic. It's using influencers, which Twitter like kind of doesn't like. Um, so they've been like banning a lot of the pages, but basically how it works is there's a lot of people on Twitter um, who will claim they're selling ad spots. If you want to like find someone who's doing it, just if you look up like ad spots, if you like search that on Twitter, you'll probably be able to find someone selling it. Mm -hmm. And basically these people who are selling ad spots, they own a bunch of really big Twitter pages. And what they'll do is they'll either make tweets for you that are an advertisement for your product and retweet them uh, or quote tweet them from these big pages. Or you can make your own tweets and they'll retweet them and quote tweet, quote tweet them from these big pages. And basically you, you pay um, by the impression. So like they'll know that these accounts and these accounts on average their tweets get or their retweets or whatever get this many <coughs> impressions. So let's say you pay for a million impressions, like they'll, they'll retweet your tweets and share your tweets or whatever until it's seen by around a million people or gets around a million impressions. Um, and, then, and then yeah, and then stop promoting. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great technique. And then I like that you touched on that it worked very well with the with the free plus shipping technique. It really and, did, yeah. And uh, maybe even share that. So like, you know, for the newbies and in, in the audience, kind of share uh, what you mean by the free plus shipping. Oh, well, free plus shipping is just like a very, very simple method of marketing where the offer is your product itself is free. And the customer only has to pay for the shipping costs. But since a lot of these products we can get for very cheap from our suppliers, the shipping cost will not only cover the cost of the product, but it'll also be enough of a margin for you to profit. So that it's just, yeah, it's yeah. just instead of making, you know, a product $10 in free shipping, make it a free product and $10 shipping. And just as, it's like a psychology trick. Customers seem to like that more. So with that, do you just stop at like the first product or? Um, what do you mean exactly? So do you have it, do you use anything on the back end uh, to help extend uh, like the customer lifetime value? I would say now I do. Back then I didn't do anything back then. I wouldn't, <laughs> okay. I wouldn't even send out like abandoned card emails or anything back then. I just didn't know any better. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fine. It was two years ago and two years ago you could get away with stuff like that and still yeah. keep it profitable. Yeah. Now, nowadays it's a lot more competitive, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, back then it was straight up like, just a regular ad. I would tweet them myself every night before I went to bed. And by the morning, they were already all being shared on all these platforms or on all these uh, big influencer accounts on Twitter. So that's really cool. And, 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 and I think it's really good for the audience because they're able to, to picture your journey there. Like, I mean, along the way, you didn't give up, you kept trying and, and you started to, to build these nuggets that have been working for you. So like you said, you stumbled on the free plus shipping was working didn't know enough about, you know, taking advantage of the back end, but at least that was working to kind of keep things moving forward. Right. And the other thing I wanted to touch on, so I thought that this was cool that that you said you were so committed that you didn't want some, you know, material item for a Christmas gift. You wanted, you know, the money so that you could actually get this valuable information working yes. with a mentor yes. uh, to take your business to the next level. Um, yeah, and like that was the only like, consulting or course that I've ever really bought to this day. Like I, <laughs> I, I spent, or my parents, I guess, cause it was a Christmas gift, spent $200 on this 30 minute consulting call with Teo. Um, and he taught me pretty much exactly what I needed to learn. I, I didn't even know it at the time. I was just taking notes and like everything he was saying was making sense. I've just never ran Facebook ads before. So I just didn't even like know what he was saying was so valuable. And basically yeah. the next store I made, I started it by running these Twitter influencers and then um, once I collected data on the on the Facebook pixel, I used that data to run lookalikes with his strategy, and it worked incredibly well. And that that's really good. And so so for the audience, hopefully you're catching that that you know the importance of I think you know it covers two things. You know, one is the importance of uh, of a mentor to kind of like you know help get you over that that hurdle, 
And then, and then the other one is that you were taking action as well, which I think is key. So I was wondering if you could touch on the importance of both. Yeah. I mean, with a mentor, I honestly, I honestly don't believe a mentor is necessary. I feel like if you are super dedicated and you have a really good work ethic and you're willing to like put in the time and you can, you can accept failure, like Mm -hmm. you're going to be fine regardless. Honestly, there's so much free content on YouTube that I would recommend to be, if anyone uh, listening to this is just starting out, I would recommend to just like binge watch YouTube videos for like a month straight or maybe even less like a couple weeks until you like get a good sense um, for how everything works and then just start by trying things. And like, for me, I was doing this at a time where there was not all these YouTubers uh, posting all this like super helpful content. There was a few and Teo was one of them. Um, and I wanted him to like look at my store and tell me what he thinks I should do. Um, and that's why I paid for the consulting call. But a mentor can be help- helpful. And I'm not saying. Yeah. And actually, let me clarify what I meant by a mentor. Because yeah. like in my mind, a mentor could be in various different forms, not just like the one-on-one call that that you subscribe right. to, but like a mentor in different forms of, yeah, maybe you're following an individual on YouTube or maybe you did, you know, opt into someone's course right. or maybe you plugged in with a, a local group that, that you're with, you know, there's various different forms of, of like mentorship and that. that Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Yeah. But I'd say if you're, if you're starting <laughs> out and you don't want to like invest in anything, um, upfront, like there's so much value on YouTube that like, if you're really dedicated and you're cool with like trying things and knowing that a lot of them are going to fail, but like eventually <laughs> things will start working and then you just keep doing things that are working and stop doing things that aren't like, if you're cool with that whole process, then like, I think you should just start with YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you bring up a good point. Um, and maybe that's something to touch on related to how things are currently in like 2019 compared to the way it was when you when you started yeah. you know pointing out that contrast where i mean the access of information at this point is all over the place compared to the way you started so maybe yeah. touch on that like you know how how have things grown and how are things now currently in 2019 yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people just go out and like will make the argument that dropshipping is way harder now um, than it was like two years ago when I was starting. And there is truth to that, but I could also see the other side where I could also argue that dropshipping is a little easier now because there's so much free content out there to help you get started. Because again, back when I was starting, like, yes, the CPMs were cheaper and there wasn't a lot of people just like selling the same uh, products and whatever. Um, so there's like less competition in the ad space or whatever, but also back then there was not a lot of content to help you get on your way. Like the only reason I started is because there are these two kids who just happened to figure this out and we're just, you know, building Instagram accounts. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. I want to give it a shot. It's not like I saw yeah. an Instagram ad for someone like selling a course and like that got me interested. <laughs> there wasn't really much of that going on back then. And how have you seen things evolve? So like, I mean, now, I mean, what's the importance of that? Like trying to make sure that, that you're staying on the edge as things continue to, to evolve. Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing now is just that the rate of people. So there, there's a little, I wish I could like show it right now, but there's a little graph that I always love showing people. And it's basically just comparing the percentage growth of the amount of people joining Facebook from the user end compared to the percentage growth of people joining Facebook from the advertising end. And as long as Facebook has existed, um, the people joining the percentage growth of people joining Facebook from the user end has always been steadily higher than the percentage growth of people joining from the advertising end. And um, don't quote me on this, but I think around 2017, 2018, that flipped. So basically what that means is the, the rate of growth of the people joining Facebook from the advertiser end, like people like us that are going on and spending money the percentage growth of that is increasing at a faster rate than the percentage growth of the people who are just joining Facebook to scroll and keep, keep up with their friends and family. So that's like a super important point, like a super important point to like be aware of in the Facebook ad space, which is obviously a yeah. huge point into dropshipping nowadays. It's because now since it's, since that, since those two rates flopped, it creates like a gap where like either your ads are performing super well or like they're completely tanking and people are always confused. Like, why is my ad like not converting at all? And it's because the amount of advertisers is growing at a faster rate than the amount of users, which means there's just a ton of competition. And I would say for the audience, you know, this is, you know, like I said, re-listening to this point, this is a point that you want to re-listen to. Uh, and I'll try to recap, which is just like knowing those, those metrics. And actually, hopefully, if you have that chart, 
maybe we could leave that uh, as a link in the show notes definitely uh, for the audience but uh, something that's mindful to be aware of and and it goes in alignment with the evolution so I mean right now you know the, the majority platform people are on Facebook ads but like you know currently now we're at the end of 2019 and if, if anybody follows Gary V, he's constantly talking about TikTok and LinkedIn as far as organic uh, growth and, and, and traffic to get in front of. And now, you know, even last night in our Chicago event last night, people were talking about they're now doing ads on TikTok for yep. drop shipping. Huge. So I was just like, you know, wow, because I mean, you can imagine like you just described the percentage of new users compared to the number of advertisers on TikTok, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, definitely yeah. very, very different than Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought that's really awesome. So even that's a great tip for the audience as well. So it's just like, it's it's a part of, you know, the evolution change and you got to be willing to to adjust with the changes over there. So something that's happened. And when when would you say that this happened? Like over the past? What specifically? The the like the, the Facebook. You said the Facebook flop. Yeah, I, I could honestly pull up the, the graph. I actually have it like not too far from me right now. Um, so it's saying December of 2017 around is when the switch happened. And basically, this graph is comparing. The percentage growth of CPMs, which is the cost per 1,000 impressions on Facebook, compared to the total impressions available on Facebook. So basically what that means is the percentage growth of users on one end compared to the other because CPMs versus impressions is basically just comparing that because CPMs are going to rise as more people are coming in from the advertising side and impressions are going to rise when more people come in from the user side. Yeah. And that... that, (laughs) That's awesome, man. Man, really good stuff. So yeah, I mean, these are gems for sure. Something to be mindful of. And and I like that that you've been digging, you know, further into into identifying these these trends and maybe even touch on that. So when did you realize, you know, when you went from okay, now you're having drop shipping success, but now, you know, you wanted to get this level of deep understanding to really optimize your business and, and, you know, and scale to, to a larger business that you're running today? Um, well, I'd say, I mean, with the way my business is now, basically the only thing that I still do hands on is the Facebook ads. That's kind of like the part of my business that I love and like enjoy doing and that that I just feel like I'm very confident in my skills with it. So Mm -hmm. since I, since like a lot of the other components of my business is delegated to, I have some in-house employees and a lot of overseas employees since they're handling like, all the other aspects. I just like, I really um, recently like just been studying Facebook ads and really like going in depth and like picking up stuff like this that can like really help you understand like why these different shifts are happening and, and why an ad that was performing really well a year ago might not convert at all now. Because I, if I'm not staying on top of that, like my business will fail. Like at the end of the day, if I can't get high quality traffic to all of my different stores that's converting profitably, it doesn't matter any other aspects of the business. If everything else is great, if the websites are still beautiful, if my sourcing is on point and customers are receiving their products in three days and, and everything else is like super locked, is super unlocked, it doesn't matter because the traffic isn't there. So like, yeah. I'm always, that's like my main job. So like, I have to be super on top of it. Man, that's awesome stuff. And that's, and I think that's a big, you know, I would say that's a big factor and a reason to, to your success, you know, focusing on that level, um, which is really awesome. And you know, one of the things that that it did remind me of, I was curious about, like, what was the story of, of getting to know Tanner? So like when talking about your, uh, the Twitter method, I think I did catch that video. Yeah, doing the, doing the research on it. you guys did a video together talking yeah. about that Twitter method. Uh, maybe share the share the story behind that. Oh, honestly, it was nothing crazy. I So I stayed in Miami even after I dropped out of college just because I love this city. Um, it's where I'm living right now. And basically, this was like maybe a year ago, maybe a little longer. Or no, probably right around a year. Um, so I've been fo- I was following Tanner for a while, just like watching his videos and stuff when I was first starting out. Um, and I saw that he posted something uh, on his story that was like he was saying he was in Miami or something like that. So I just, cool. replied, I just replied to it and I was like, oh, we should link up. And he was like, yeah, like, where in Miami are you? And I was like, here. He's like, can you come to where I am? And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, cool. We can do a YouTube video. 
And I was like, for sure. So I just, <laughs> I just, this is even before I had my car. So I just Ubered over there. Um, and that was the first time I met him. I've like hung out with him a ton of other times since then. He's like uh, slept, stayed the night in my apartment and stuff. Like we're super close now, but that's um, cool. back then. Yeah. So I just Ubered over there and, uh, yeah, he was staying with some YouTuber at the time who had like a really cool house and like a lot of cool cars. So that was fun. Uh -huh. And then, yeah, he was like, so what do you want to talk about in this video? And I was like, honestly, the one thing nobody ever seems to know that I know is this Twitter method. So like, I feel like your, your uh, subscribers on YouTube would probably we get a lot of value out of that. So that's yeah. what we ended up going over that day. <laughs> that's awesome stuff, man. Yeah. So shout out to Tanner. Uh, Tanner was a previous guest on the podcast as well. And, uh, and I think it was his first uh, podcast that he did dropped a lot of value there. And then also he was a featured guest in our dropship Chicago group. So a quick uh, background to give you context was like earlier this year, and this is kind of a reflection on 2019 looking around to, to, to find, you know, what groups, what like meetup groups, what events are popping off and I'm based out of Chicago. So in looking, there was like, there, there wasn't any real like e-com groups or drop shipping taken off. So I was like, all right, well, who's going to start? I was like, maybe I should since I got this podcast. Cause I think even at the beginning of the year, I got that endorsement from Player FM as being like the number one drop shipping podcast to watch out for in 2019. So I was like, all right, cool. Well, let's start this meetup group. So me and a couple other guys, but long story short, over the summer, um, we invited uh, Tanner to be a featured guest on there and he dropped a lot of value as well. And I'd say, hey, if you're ever passing through Chicago, we'd love to host you as well. If you ever, Yeah, can. that'd be great. I've actually never been to Chicago, but I really want to. <laughs> that'd be awesome, man. Yeah, let me know for sure. Yeah, we'll hook Absolutely. it up. So another thing that I did catch on um, in doing some research on you was that, uh, you know, I did notice it appeared like you went sort of quiet for a good number of months throughout this last year uh, and thinking about it, like I, I could, I got a feeling why, but I was wondering if you could help explain that for the audience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I, when I first started like trying to, you know, focus on personal branding and, and working on my Instagram, I was definitely super active on it. And, you know, I would, whenever I was like working for a while that I would like post a story and like whenever, you know, I would just like try to like post like inspirational stuff sometimes um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It just was not getting me where I needed to be in my business. And it was kind of just like slowing me down a little bit. Um, mm. And there was one point where I actually just, um, it's when Will and I actually started partnering together. We um, you know, made a couple stores together and they all started doing really well. And I realized like, this is where my focus needs to be right now. Like I need to really focus on building these stores into brands and like creating something long-term with this. Um, and I just didn't really feel a need to post on social media anymore. Like I just didn't really want to, like, I just didn't see what it was doing for me. Like when, when you really think about it, like posting like a boomerang of like saying like at like 3am saying like you're working, like at the end of the day, what is that <laughs> actually doing for you? Like I've, I've, I've never really been like into selling info products or anything. So it didn't really matter that much that my followers knew I was working hard or anything like that because like. I was working and I was working for myself. Like there is no other reason I was doing it than for myself. And yeah. I didn't even realize that until I started actually like making a lot of money. And then I just like, didn't want to like post anymore. I didn't want people to like know what I was doing. I just didn't care. Like it kind of, once like the money started becoming real, like I just didn't have a desire for that anymore. Like I just realized the only reason I'm doing this is for myself and I'm the only one who needs to know what I'm working on. Like there's just, there's just no reason to share that stuff. So it's not, I'm not saying like, I don't post at all on social media anymore. Like I'll post a story if, if whenever I'm doing something that I feel is cool enough to share. And like yeah. I when I'm traveling, like I'll post, you know, cool pictures I got from traveling and stuff like that. Um, and I, and I, and I like sharing like that part of my journey, but like there was definitely like a turning point. Um, and it, when I started like making serious money, when I felt like there's no reason to be sharing this with anyone, like I'm, I'm doing this for myself at the end of the day. Um, and like, I'm the only one who needs to like know what I'm working on. Goes to show like, you know, that level of maturity that you have, you know, as you're growing in your business and that type of self-reflection and taking action on it. So I think that's really awesome. Was, was there an inspiration that led to that or what, what kind of, like I, wouldn't led say to that there's, I would say it was almost the opposite. I would say I, I was following so many people on Instagram that were doing what I stopped doing to the extreme. 
And they would rationalize it to themselves by that they were trying to provide value to their community or like to their following and stuff, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I'm just yeah. saying that they weren't in a qualified enough position to start providing that value. I, f I think you really need to focus on yourself and, and what you're building for yourself before you start trying to like help other people. And I noticed a lot of people thought that by going on Instagram and like posting a video of them talking to the camera where they're trying to say something that's helpful, even though they have the right intentions, it's not actually doing much for anyone. It might, you know, it's like, it's like you need to like kind of stay quiet focus on your own business, do it for yourself. Don't do it for anyone else. Like do it because you want to. And because it's like your responsibility to like provide yourself with like a good life. If that's, if that's something you want to do, like it's, you're doing it for yourself. So there were so many people that I was following that were just posting nonstop, just like videos of them talking to the camera. And I was like, these guys aren't even like that successful. Like, yeah, maybe they've made like, <laughs> like 20, like $20,000 or something like drop shipping. And like, that's great. And maybe they feel like now they need to like start providing value to everyone. But like at the end of the day, like you need to do things for yourself. Like it's the whole the entrepreneurship is, is not for anyone else, but you. And yeah. it was so, it started getting so cringy watching all these videos of these people just saying like, just posting everything. It, they would just post everything. Like when they wake up in the morning, they would like post what time they wake up. And like whenever they're sitting at their laptop, they'd post like a picture of their laptop. And like whenever they're like, you know, go, doing anything. They'd like in the car, they'd film a video of themselves talking, just like trying to provide value. And although I agree that they probably have the right intention while doing this, yeah, a lot of it is just to like kind of show off and which doesn't really do you much. And a lot of it was to like provide value, which obviously isn't a bad thing, but they weren't in a position where you should be providing value yet. Like it's not <laughs> like you're an actual expert because you made like twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 profit dropshipping. Like you should be working on yourself and working for like working towards your own goals. And nobody needs to know the details of that. Like you're doing that for yourself. No. Yeah. Really good point. And thanks for sharing that because I think it's important for people to listen because, you know, everybody has their own journey and they, you know, they reach, you know, or get a glimpse of some success, you know, everything's relative. But I think that kind of reflection is, is really good in that, you looked at yourself and, and how you want to run your business and you were honest with yourself and, uh, you know, just kind of doing it and, and killing it. And, and even that type of quiet action that you're doing still gets a lot of attention to this day. So, you know, even though you were like, you know, say compared to everybody else who's like blasting, you know, stories in every moment, you took the opposite end of the spectrum and you're, you know, killing in your own business while still making the connections and maybe posting things that are worth posting, it probably even has a bigger impact, I think, across the board compared to compared to others. Yeah, I mean, people definitely noticed it. Like a lot of people reached out and they're like, hey, you've been like nothing changed. Like I'm just like not posting anymore. Like there, like there used to be a time like whenever I would do anything that was like remotely bougie, like whenever I went to like a nice restaurant or like was in a nice car, I would like post, I would like post about it. And like, now I just like, I don't know, like I do, I do stuff like that way more often than I did back then. But I just like, don't really post about it that much because I just don't see it, it kind of yeah. just makes other people feel bad about themselves. And, the, and then I don't really want people to look at me in a way of, and like, I don't want people to see me in a light of like, I'm super successful. You're not because like, I don't even feel like I'm super successful. I feel I, I mean, I know that my journey is just starting. And like, yeah. I don't feel like I don't feel like making people feel bad that I'm like a little further ahead financially than them is gonna that's not gonna accomplish anything for me like it's it's only gonna push people away from me and like I'm I I, I treat every person the same like regardless of you know who they are or how much money they make and I don't want people to think that I'm like some douche now because I made a ton of money and like <laughs> don't like I still hang out with like college people all the time like almost all of my friends are in college like I'll still go to like college parties and stuff like I I don't like some really people, cool. once they start making money and drop out of college, like they won't even like look at college people or like respect them at all because they're like, oh, like, you know, these people are so stupid. All they do is drink and waste their time away. Although that's kind of true. I still like, I still respect them for like the decisions they're making and like everyone has. A yeah. Degree, and I understand that. No, very true. And and I think that's a good uh, understanding as well as like, you know, um, you know, this realm of e-com and drop shipping, it's a great opportunity. People on the surface say, well, if it's so great, why doesn't everybody do it? Well, I mean, everybody 
you know, it's not their passion, right? You know, some people are choosing careers or, or different, uh, different journeys that it, it may not be for everybody. You know, it is a great opportunity for those that, that want to be in business. And it is a business as long as you treat it like a business. And I always say, and maybe we could touch on this because, you know, people outside looking in, you know, when they see that type of level of success and they immediately think, uh, oh, this is some get rich quick scheme, you know, close their mind to it. But, you know, maybe even touch on that, like the level of work that you had to put behind it. Um, you know, did this, did this happen overnight for you? Was it like easy or, you know, did you have, have to work for it? I mean, like I was talking about before, it all started with that first store I made and I definitely didn't get rich quick off of it. Like I made a few thousand dollars in a few months, which was like really cool for me at the time. But there was never like one moment where I got rich quick. Like now that I like kind of have things systemized and like I have like full-time in-house employees that like help me, like we've kind of systemized the process of, of creating and managing these stores. So like things happen much faster now because like we have a lot of things automated um, and a lot of things systemized, but that's after two and a half, almost three years of consistent work. And like back, back like into my freshman year of college, when I was first starting out with this stuff, I would, st I would literally stay up all night working on this stuff because like I was just so motivated to, I, I just knew that there was so much potential out there and I was following all these people who were killing it and I was watching their videos and stuff. And like, I, I really was putting in my hours back then. Like I were, I had much, a much better work ethic back then. I could even admit, like, honestly, I had a much better work ethic back then than I do now. Um, and I kind of like, I kind of like wish I had that. And I know I can get it back with discipline, but I almost like um, miss having a work ethic like that because it was like a real grind every day. Like I also had schoolwork and stuff to do back then. So um, <laughs> after I finished my schoolwork, like I wouldn't just like go to bed. I would like, drink a coffee and like just force myself to stay up and just figure things out um and now that i kind of have a lot of things figured out definitely not everything but a lot of things figured out i sometimes like catch myself getting lazy because i do have people working for me now and like i do have a lot of things automated and the truth is i can not work for a while and i will still and everything will still run smoothly because i have people that do things for me but then I find myself getting lazy and I like force myself to work and push myself harder because I know if I do, then like things can grow at a much faster rate. If I, even if I'm not doing the little tasks that I used to be doing before, if I just focus my energy and put the same amount of energy I put into like getting things started as in, if I put that same amount of energy into like long-term growth plans, then like that would only be doing my business like a huge, huge favor. And even being able to catch that I think is important. So it's good that, that you're mindful of that type of growing, growing pains that, uh, okay, you know, success can be a burden in, in some sense where, okay, right. now you can be complacent. It slowly creeps up on you if you don't, if you don't, if you're not mindful of it. So exactly. It, it's, it's cool that, that, that you mentioned that the other thing that, that I caught on, which I thought was really cool because I think this was a common pattern. And I would say this power in the patterns and success leaves clues. So when you talked about, systemize and, and automation, I think that's key to a lot of like the, the real heavy hitters in the e-com space um, where they look to, to automate and, and, and put uh, systems in place. So I was wondering if you could touch a little bit further on that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would definitely say basically what my, I mean, <clears throat> just to explain to people who are listening to this, basically what my business does at this point is we've, we system, we've systemized the process of creating a successful dropshipping brand. Um, the products are still dropship, but we work directly with suppliers that give us pretty fast shipping time. So it's not like having to wait for like 30, 40 days from AliExpress. Um, but basically what my business has figured out at this point and what we do is we just create dropshipping stores. Like it's 100% custom content. Like I have a content team, like we order the products, we make sure they're good quality. Um, all of our websites, all of our social media pages is 100% custom content. Um, so basically we'll, we'll, we'll create these stores. Um, I still manage the ads for them, but once we get them up and running, it's really not that much upkeep. Like my social media guy will be constantly getting content for it, posting on social media, answering every single DM, answering every single comment on social media. Um, and then we have an overseas customer service team that handles the emails and the Facebook page and the Facebook pages for the stores. 
And then basically all that's left that needs upkeep is the ads, which is what I enjoy doing. So I, you know, that's something that I'm working on constantly every day, but basically without these people constantly building the stores for me and constantly uh, handling customer service and handling content and social media, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to do what I do because I would have to worry about that stuff too. And then I couldn't be as focused on the ads and I couldn't be, you know, like diving really deep into how Facebook is changing and stuff like that, which would just kind of cause me to start falling behind um, in, in the trends and everything. So I would say automation and getting things systemized is super, super important for sure. Once you figure things out and once you have a system that is worked and is proven to work more than one time, automating it is what you should like really start investing your time into because once you figure something out that works and get it automated, then you could really focus on like big growth. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's powerful, man, for sure. And yeah, I mean, me being in, in the tech space and technology, um, you know, everything that I see, I look to, to automate and systematize. And especially in your business, I mean, you, you looked at it in your business operations and broke it down into those categories, which is just, uh, just so awesome. And then, and then you were able to choose, you know, what you were passionate about to continue further. Um, because, you know, I see that as well. Some people are passionate about ads, some people passionate about, you know, even product research and, and, you know, keeping up with trends and things like that. So it's just, um, yeah, really awesome stuff, man. Yeah, this, (laughs) this is great. So I would say, you know, what, uh, one, one quick question is like, you know, what does a day in your life look like now as you're kind of running your business? Kind of paint that That's a good question. That's a good question. So basically, I wake up at like 7.30 every morning, um, or at least during the week. On the week uh, on the weekends, I let myself sleep in. But during the week, I wake up 7.30, um, go straight to the gym. There's a nice gym in my building. Um, work out. Then I go to, or actually, no, first I go to the sky deck of my building, and it has a beautiful view of Miami. And I just sit there and I meditate. I use the, the app Headspace. I meditate for like 15, 20 minutes. That's cool. Um, that's just to like clear my head in the beginning of the day. Um, and then I go down to the, to the gym. I work out. Um, I go to the steam room. We have like a super nice steam room in this building. And that's like always a great way to just like wake, wake yourself up a little bit. Um, so go to the steam room. Then I'll usually uh, shower, go over to Starbucks or like there's a few other like healthier restaurant, uh, breakfast restaurants around um, my building that I'll just stop by and get, a, get some breakfast. And then I come back. Um, I start like getting organized for the day. I look at what's on my calendar. I look at, I look at what's on, you know, different pipelines. I keep on Trello. Um, and then at 11, my employees come in and now we have an office. They're literally just in my apartment. They come every single day, uh, Monday through Friday into my apartment and we work here, which I kind of like, honestly, it's almost like nicer than having an office because like, I don't have to go anywhere. Like I, my home is my office. That's um, cool. So yeah, so at 11 o'clock they come in. And we, you know, we get organized. I go over everything I want to get done for the day. If it's a Monday, we go over everything we want to get done for the week. They have their own separate goals that we go over um, of things that they want to get done um, for the business for that week. And then we just execute. We execute usually from like 11 until six, seven o'clock. Um, and then that's when they go home. But uh, around then I'll like, you know, get dinner, um, you know, chill out a little bit. I'll usually work a little bit longer on just like things on just like things that I don't usually need their help with just like things that I'm like some like growth things that I'm working on for myself, just like planning and strategizing. Um, and then, yeah, I usually just chill for the rest of the day. Honestly, like I don't, I don't f- force myself to stay up all night and work. Like I, I get a lot done during the day. I'm super productive while they're here and I'm super productive for the little bit of time that I work before and after they're here. Um, but yeah, I mean, around like eight, nine, I usually stop working for the night and just like hang out with friends, like maybe go out, um, just kind of do whatever I want. Usually get to bed at a reasonable time. On the, if I'm staying in, at least I'll get to bed by 11 always and then repeat. That's really cool, man. Yeah, awesome. And I was even going to say, you know, related to the meditation, because I do that as well. Uh, you know, one of the things that I had to do and, and me being kind of like a techie, there's like that device. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called Muse. And it's like this little, uh, like this little like headband that goes around, around your head. But long story short, it, 
it measures it measures your brain waves and connects to your like your iPhone That's and cool. lets you know if you're reaching that meditative state because for me I was like I didn't know am I just sitting quietly or am I actually meditating right and and I was trying you know I it, it allowed me to get feedback and then try different things so I you mentioned meditation early morning and I remember testing that out and I was just like and I would remember early morning catch myself sort of like drifting off like almost like as if I was gonna fall back into yeah. sleep and on the surface I I think like well doesn't that mean I'm in that meditative state? And it was like, yeah. it's the opposite. Right. If, you're, if you're drifting, you know, towards where you're almost going to fall asleep again, your brain waves are like going like crazy. So you're not in that calm state. And I was like, I would have never known that if I wasn't like, you know. That, yeah, that's super cool. I'll definitely. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's called Muse. And, and we'll leave the link in the show notes if the audience is interested. And, uh, but uh, yeah, cool stuff there. So I think the meditation is key. And, you know, the way you just described your whole thing. I mean, you keep your life in balance. And I think, uh, you know, balance is one important factor, would you say? I, I agree. And, and another thing is like, I see a lot of people posting things like, oh, like if, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and like you're really working to, towards your goals then you could like never go out with friends, you can never have fun. Like you literally just have to be sitting and working all the time. I see so many people posting like when it's a holiday or like a day that a lot of people will go out and drink and party, they'll post like, they'll specific, like very intentionally go out of their way to post a story or something saying like, look, I'm at home working right now. And I don't, and I think that people often get the wrong idea of what entrepreneurship has to be like. Everyone always says like, oh, behind the behind the scenes of entrepreneurship sucks and it's a lot of hard work. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work. That doesn't suck though. The, the work is fun. Like if you, if you're doing what, something that you enjoy doing, like there's no, that doesn't suck. Like maybe in the very beginning when everything's failing, it sucks. And like, yeah, you just have to get through that. Like when I was starting out, like I wasn't making anything crazy. Like I was just playing around with Instagram and like trying to make a little bit of money. And like, that was a ton of work and like a big grind. And I guess you could say that sucked, even though I kind of had fun while I was doing it. But like, I don't think that, I don't think that you, you know, can't go out. Like I go out, like, like I said, a ton of my friends are still in college. Like I go out, I go out and party with them every single week and the, you know, it doesn't affect like I'll do that on the weekends, like on the weekends, I'll usually just chill and not even work that much anyway, because yeah. like I said, a lot of, a lot of what I do is automated at this point. So like, I know that I can do that and still my business will continue to grow because I'm putting in so much work during the week. So I just want to make sure people don't think, you know, a lot of people that when I see that they're getting started um, with any business really, but like specifically with e-commerce, since those are the people who I'm usually talking to, yeah. they'll like think that they can, they have to stop going to all, all any parties. They have to, you know, stop. <laughs> you know, doing things that are fun. They just have to literally sit home and work. And like, that's like a depressing thing to do. Like if you're sitting behind a laptop 12 hours a day, every single day, like that's, you're going to be depressed. Like you need yeah. to like, you need to still socialize and, and, you know, make connections. And what people forget is that e-commerce is so, is so heavily centered around marketing. If you're not talking to people, you're like, talking to people yeah. and socializing helps me with marketing exactly i always like i love talking to people and meeting new people because people are always teaching me things that i didn't even know with and they're not even teaching me things on purpose like yeah. i'll have a conversation with someone and they'll tell me about like some new trend or something exactly like, Ooh, that's interesting like maybe there's a way i can monetize that or yeah. like i i mean as like a as like a side hobby I'm, i study psychology just like just like books like i'll just that's read cool. a lot of psychology books like i never really I used to, but I don't really read like uh, business related books that much anymore. I pretty much strictly read psychology books because cool. I think if you can master people and you, yeah. you know, if you could really master psychology, not only is that going to help with marketing, which is really all I do. So that it helps in business a lot, but it'll help in, in every aspect of your life. If you, if you've mastered people, you pretty much mastered life in my opinion, at least. Exactly. Yeah. No, you touched on a great point there. I mean, one about, you know, the balance and kind of that reason is that, you know, you know, that's the way you're going to catch on, you know, you're in the business of, you know, with what's selling to people, what, what do people want? Right. What problems are they trying to solve? You're not going to understand that if you're, you know, only, you know, if you're not plugging in exactly. and, uh, and I'm curious, so what, what would be like one of the books that, that you would highly recommend to the audience if they're interested in understanding yeah. the psychology so the first one I would recommend everyone reads is called Emotional Intelligence. I'm not oh, positive who it's by. I've, I, don't, I don't even know if I have it on me. I might have given it to a buddy. But Emotional Intelligence, really cool book. It yeah. um, helps you learn about the brain, 
how we think, uh, very, very basic uh, psychology stuff. Um, but it's, it's super, super interesting. Books like that, like really, really intrigue me. Um, I've just been yeah. like, like I've been obsessed with psychology. Like it's not ever something I studied in like college or anything. Um, yeah. but I've always just been fascinated by it. And like, it's the one psychology books are like the one type of book I can read and like really enjoy reading every second of it because I've never yeah. been like big into reading. Like when I was a kid, I always hated reading. Um, but then once I started, um, like my no, motivated. Yeah, I kind of like realized, okay, like every successful person reads, like I'm going to try to start reading. So I I did start reading and I was reading like a lot of the classic, you know, Grant Cardone and whatever books. And I, and I enjoyed reading them. But once I started realizing that how important psychology is and not just business, but just in life in general, like psychology, incredibly important. Once I started realizing that and I started reading psychology books, I was like, okay, this is something I could I could read for a while. Like I could read about this kind of stuff for a while and probably never get sick of it. Yeah, very true. It, it's so powerful. And, um, and you know, for the audience, hopefully you're catching on to that because, you know, what Noah's describing is just, just the power. I mean, that's one extra skill set, you know, one tool in your tool chest of your econ business, but it also, you know, helps benefit, you know, your life and, and whatever journey that, that you're in. And, you know, knowing, you know, human psychology yeah, human behavior, how to relate to people, you know, how to communicate, what inspires people, uh, problem solving, all those different factors come in. And, you know, being a little bit more educated and understanding is, you know, very important for sure. And I'm curious now it actually, because uh, I'm, I'm just as curious in, in that space as well. So do you even go deeper into like NLP type of uh, psychology stuff? Into what? NLP. I don't even know what that is. So, oh, you're going to love this then. If yeah. you're, <laughs> so it's a neuro-linguistic programming. Okay. Um, so this goes deep into the, into the psyche as, as far as uh, human, human behavior. Uh, like it, it's, it's kind of too much to explain here, but uh, I'd say even for the audience listening, you know, search NLP because it, it, people will relate in different ways. So you would know if somebody's more of a, more of a visual person and you can catch on cues. So are they more visual? Then I'm going to talk to you like this, you know, Hey, can you picture this? Can you right, see right. what I'm saying? And then, but if person is more of an, an auditory, more of an audio person where they, they relate to sound. So, okay, well, it sounds like this, you know, do you hear what I'm saying? And you start to use some keywords like that. Um, and then there's people that are kinesthetic, which is more physical. So it's just like, you know, it's that gut wrenching, you know, feeling, you know, and, it's all of those touch points when you put that into your ad copy, when you put that into the way you're communicating, whether if it's through video or, you know, all those different things. If you're touching on all these key things, then that's what moves people. That's what, you know, inspires people. And that's what uh, moves them to take action. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so, it's, yeah, really. Yeah, awesome I, mean, I, I, I definitely <laughs> have a ton, a ton to learn with psychology. Like I've, I've only <laughs> probably read like three or four books. About it. I'm just super fascinated by it. But yeah, I mean, a huge, a huge takeaway from like what you were talking about with NLP or really any, any, anything psycho like that's related to that is like yeah. copywriting, like copywriting is exactly everywhere yeah. marketing and everywhere in like even website building and, and whatever. So like, I feel like every little takeaway I get from these um, psychology books and even just having conversations with people powerful, like, like, and paying attention to like social cues and stuff like it all applies yeah. to copywriting, which is obviously a huge part of any e-commerce business. Yeah. <laughs> that's really great, man, for sure. Yeah. I feel like that's a whole other topic we could touch in on. And, right. and hopefully actually reminds me, you know, is it cool to uh, follow up you with you maybe, you know, six months from now into the new year, uh, have you back on the podcast, see how things are going. Definitely. <laughs> that would be great, man. So I want to be respectful of your time. So I want to touch on a few things here. One is what's the best way for people to to follow you and get in touch with you? Yeah, I would say Instagram is definitely the best way. I, I definitely read all my DMs. Um, so yeah, my Instagram handle is Noah Tuck, N-O-A-T-U-C-K. I'm sure you could put like a link to it somewhere. But yeah, Instagram is definitely the best way. And and if anybody, so I did catch so that that automation and stuff like that do you provide that as a service to to others so if other yeah, people I are mean, interested yeah so basically like i was explaining my before my the business that i own now is basically just the system is we basically just systemize the process of creating stores and managing them and making them very profitable off off the bat 
Um, so yeah, I mean, recently we have started offering as a service, um, creating stores for people, whether it's just like a store build, if they just want us to build like a really nice website for them with all custom content, um, we do that. But we also offer automations where we'll create a store, create social media accounts for the store and actually run paid traffic to the store for three to six months. Um, and get, you know, it set up with virtual assistants and like kind of have everything automated um, and then give that store to um, the client. So yeah, if anyone yeah. is interested in that stuff, it is a little higher ticket. Um, but if you have a budget and you're looking to invest, definitely DM me on Instagram and we can talk about it. Okay, cool. All right. So they'll get in touch with you through Instagram on on that. So we'll be sure to mention that in, in the show notes as well. Um, but really awesome stuff. Noah, man, you dropped a lot of value here today and I really appreciate appreciate your time. This is really, I feel like we could keep talking forever. And yeah. but I, I want to be respectful of your time because uh, you got the rest of that uh, day in the life to, to go through uh, later today. You got to squeeze a tech money talks podcast in here. So, yeah. so what I wanted to do is give you a chance to leave some closing remarks for the audience. But I would say as you do so, you know, like we touched on, this is kind of the, uh, the finale of 2019. So maybe even uh, give another, uh, what advice would you give to people as we're moving into 2020? You know, what do you see, you know, whether it's, you know, what you see coming down the road, what people should be thinking about, focus on, uh, you know, whatever's in your mind there, I'd say, you know, even, even give a chance to touch on that as well. For sure. I mean, I would say, you know, as everyone knows, things have been changing. Like how I was, I was talking about with Facebook ads, how things changed around, you know, late uh, 2017 and, and are continuing to change. Um, and you were touching on how, I don't know if this was what we were recording or if we were talking about it earlier, but you were t- uh, talking about TikTok and how that's like a platform where the percentage growth of users is definitely way higher than the advertisers. Um, so I would say like moving forward in 2020, Like if you have an idea as far, I'm talking about like getting traffic, whether it's an idea of, you know, a special type of Facebook ads run or targeting you want to test out or a new platform to test out. I would literally say just test whatever idea you have. I actually have a post-it note um, here at my desk. You can't really see it, but it's a post-it note that I just keep on the window um, in front (laughs) of my desk and it says, just test it. Kind of like (laughs) Nike's just do it. Um, and for and the audience, it. he's actually po- pointing to his posted note. You can't yeah. see it, but he's actually pointing to it. <laughs> yeah, so I keep that up there because there's so many times when even I'm just like chilling or if I'm working, whatever, I'll get some weird idea of some, you know, different platform or just some new type of targeting strategy on Facebook to test. And I'm always like, oh, is that worth it? Like, do I think that's going to convert? And I, I've trained myself now to stop even thinking that. And if I have an idea or uh, as, as from you know, whether it's a way to get new traffic on Facebook or a different platform or whatever. If I have an idea, test it, just test it. Nice. Um, I think, and I think that's like something that a lot of people could get value from because I've heard, you know, I've had conversations with so many people that they're like, Oh, do you think this would work? Do you think this strategy would work? Have you ever tried getting traffic from Pinterest or, you know, whatever. And I always tell them just test it. Wow. Just test it. Marketing is a testing game. You know, it's all about collecting data and, and leveraging that data to make smarter decisions moving forward. But you can't collect data if you don't test things. So if you have, you know, some weird testing or some weird targeting strategy on Facebook that's always been in the back of your head, or you've, you know, always wanted to try a different platform to advertise off of, just test it. The worst thing that could happen is you lose a little bit of money. And that's not even losing money. That's, that's paying Investment. money to get data that, you know, this platform does not work or this strategy does not work for your product. So in any scenario, whenever you get an idea, just test it. That's awesome, man. That's great feedback. I love that actually. <laughs> That's really great stuff because uh, testing is key. And like you said, it, you know, it's an investment and you're getting data and uh, that's how you prove it out. And that's how you get on the front end of like a bell curve and the upward trend as opposed to always following everybody else. So right. In 2020, if you're looking to get on the front end, and, and like Noah said, you know things are constantly changing. If you're applying what he just said as far as testing, if you got ideas, you know things are a mashup. Things grow into stuff because it's it's a mashup. You're taking old techniques with mashing up with the new techniques, and as long as you're willing to test it out, man, you could be onto something really big. Yeah, and you'll be onto it before anybody else. So exactly. 
<laughs> I love it, bro. Man, this is really great stuff. And uh, so, Noah, man, thanks again. And uh, so, yeah, for the audience, hopefully uh, this was awesome. Awesome episode. Uh, finale of 2019 for featured guests on Tech Money Talks podcast. And I hope everybody has a happy new year. And, uh, and I look forward to 2020. Big things happening, brother. Thanks, Noah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tech Money Talks. Endorsed by Player FM, you help make Tech Money Talks the number one dropshipping podcast on the planet. You help the show go mainstream because Tech Money Talks podcast is now officially sponsored by Spotify. If you're ever in Chicago, join our Dropship Chicago meetup group held at 1871 to meet with me personally and other professional dropshippers. We do meetings weekly. I'm now producing new, valuable content on YouTube weekly. Go check it out and subscribe. Tech Money Talks is teaching you all about money-making opportunities that technology can bring. We're just getting started. There's more great things to come. Stay plugged in. Throw me a shout-out. And remember, you're just one product away.